0: proceedings in context. and reject any and all outcomes.
1: About a dozen protesters. I don't think any of them were actually UAlbany students outside of UAlbany yesterday. We're talking, of course, about the uh, UAlbany CDTA uh, bus case where the uh, three students have now been criminally charged. There was a student conduct hearing, though, at uh, the university yesterday. And we're joined now by our legal analyst, Paul Harding from Martin, Harding & Mazzotti. Hey, Paul. Hey, good morning, guys. So this is a weird thing. These protesters and some others, their attorneys mm-hmm. certainly contend that they shouldn't be uh, compelled or they shouldn't have held this hearing because the criminal case is still pending. Well, what's what's the story behind this? What are the legalities?
2: Well, you know, there's there's an argument that the things that are said at this disciplinary hearing and uh, evidence which is uncovered can be used at at a trial or a civil trial. So they sort of took the approach and said, listen, we're gonna say that uh, we're, we're just gonna. Sit this one out. You guys have the ability to render a decision without us there. We weren't going to say anything anyway, and therefore they didn't show.
0: I understand the concern here where there's two separate proceedings and the university comes up with their findings and their decision about what kind of disciplinary action to take, and then the court proceedings where it's criminal and they decide what will happen with that. Um, So what happens if the criminal case they go to the, the administrative case first and say they decide. You know what? You violated our code of conduct. We're going to suspend you from school. And then yeah. the court case resolves itself, and they, for some reason, say, you know what? You're not guilty, and there no, nothing sticks. So then sure. the school has already disciplined them for something that the court found them not guilty of.
2: Yeah, there's a complete, you know, different approach here. You, you've got a different burden of proof, and you have different rules that would allow you to either stay in school or not in school versus the criminal element to this. So the, this university has what they call accountability hearings, and it doesn't take a whole lot there uh, in order for you to be found in violation of that and usually resulting in a suspension. Um, we'll see what happens here. So the criminal piece, completely different. Sure, they could be exonerated and still have the penalty imposed upon them by the uh, university hearings.
1: I want you to hear this, Paul. This is James Acker. He's a criminal justice professor at UAlbany. And he kind of explained why they have to have the hearing now.
2: It would be a curious policy to require the university, in a serious matter, to wait and wait and wait indefinitely.
1: What do you make of that? I mean, you know, cases can drag on a year or longer.
2: Well, you know, they have right in their bylaws when you kind of sign on for the school and you say, I want to go to University of Albany, they actually have this located right in the student handbook. It kind of says, you know, we can do this, we will do this. Uh, It doesn't say that if you have criminal charges pending, and then let's take this a step further, criminal charges pending that really to some degree involve the university. Right? Mm -hmm. So this is unique, unique. But no, uh, in the handbook says we're going to do this thing and we're going to do it within X number. Of, as it says, practically reasonable in the handbook, but you know, within a few days or a few weeks of an event, they do, they did provide the attorneys with the information that they had just two days before, pursuant to their rules, and yeah, I, I guess if they just delayed this thing another year or two, you have people wandering around the university that they don't want on the university. If in fact, again, these girls are found to uh, be suspended or or uh, or
1: thrown out of school. Now, the, uh, the decision is expected in a couple of weeks, but that's not uh, going to be made public. I guess it's confidential. Would the DA, if he wanted to use whatever testimony there was, is that would, would a DA be able to get that information, or would that also be confidential?
2: The hearings are confidential, but people at the hearings can communicate what they've heard. Uh, so there's not a, a transcript that the district attorney can just go ahead and, and get, um, but you get information that comes out. Uh, you've got that the students were there, I mean, it's usually the advantage to the students, right? So right. had they been there and their attorneys had been there, they would have heard the case against them. They then would now know uh, they then could use that in, in a defense. Uh, I don't think that uh, David Sores or the uh, any of the prosecution is going to rely uh, on anything that was said at the hearing.
0: So one of the students has withdrawn from the university. Is is it worth pursuing this in the academic side in case she decides to re-enroll, or should they just let it go?
2: You know, I get it. Tricky question. Don't know. I think that uh, they just looked at this a little too hot to handle. You know, the attorneys made excellent points, self-incrimination. Uh, I, I do think that having your client not testify, this is not necessarily a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Attending, I think, is a good idea. Uh, that is. You know, with that said, we'll
1: have to wait and see. Yeah, interesting and complicated case. Paul, thanks. Thanks, guys. Paul Harding, Martin Harding, Mazzotti, our legal analyst, 1-800-Law-1010.